Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. It's a little different than what I've often done. It's a little more historical. I want to give people some insight into both the time period Spooner was writing, what he lived through, and the insanity of the Civil War and Reconstruction because I constantly reference the fact that you can't hold a voluntary union together with a war. And I want to give people some detail about how truly insane that was and let them compare that to how they think today is so bad. It's, it was so, so much worse back then. And I just want people to see that. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth like the kind of truth I'm telling in this episode right here. And the truth is that I was a constitutional conservative who'd fallen for all of the same kinds of things I always point out to people. It's easy to do because they just bombard you with it. And I believed all the stupid crap about the Constitution, the founders and the rights and all this crap, fantastic document, co-equal branches. Just go down the list. I believed it all. used to promote it all. I was an absolute fool. And then about 25 years ago, I got the Internet. And in fairly short order, I figured out that I'd been had, I'd been took, conned by the con-cons. It's a scam. It's a grift to keep people on the constitutional conservative tax-paying plantation. That's all it is. And when I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. I've also given myself a fake Lifetime Achievement Award for all the great work I've done here on this podcast to explain it to people. And I love having these fake awards because they highlight the fraud of credentials that people rely on and think that they're trustworthy because people have. So that's why I like having them. (laughs) All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to make a show today to continue to lay the groundwork for both the milieu that Spooner was writing in and for people to understand the legal tender law cases and how absurd they were in conjunction with my covering of Spooner's great essay, A Letter to Grover Cleveland. And the reality is I've been making these shows now with regards to ChatGPT, and I've showed quite a few things. I made the show about Lincoln's inaugural address to give you that flavor. I made the ChatGPT showing you that there's no consent. I've also shown you that the original concept that you weren't allowed to secede based upon Lincoln's argument and the Norse argument was complete crap. It was actually a frivolous legal argument with no legal merit. And now I've also done the chat GPT that shows you that the entire legal framework from which they supposedly prosecuted the war, this idea that the South had never left and it was a rebellion, is utter shit. There's no truth to that at all. No logical conclusion, but that the South had clearly seceded. And it set the stage for this absurdity of what they called Reconstruction. And it's just so preposterously unconstitutional. The reason I like to focus on it is because it just shows everybody that the Republican Party calling itself the party of Lincoln and then pretending to be for the Constitution is just a complete and total impossibility. Lincoln is certainly the worst president we ever had. He completely destroyed whatever the Constitution ever was. And pretty much everything he did was a 179 club flipping upside down 
of what the Constitution actually calls for him to do. Violated pretty much every kind of provision in the Constitution while pretending he was upholding it. And there's very few things I hate in this world more than hypocrisy. And that man is just a fantastic hypocrite in a million ways. And the way he's on the currency and the coins and a huge memorial, and they make endless movies about him and the narrative's endless. And it's just an absurdity. And it's the heart of the issue if people understood that whatever the Constitution ever was in the holy founders in 1789 and all this other crap, it's completely gone after the Civil War. There's no part of it exists. And of course, anybody can trace the massive growth in government and just look and see that it's exactly tied to that period because it was about consolidating power in the federal government. And once it became clear that you weren't allowed to leave, no matter what happened, no matter how much abuse they heaped on you as a minority, it's over. If you don't have enough votes to get a constitutional amendment to protect you from all the abuses they do, and then you have the ability to throw them all out, you have nothing. And of course, that's what happens. They divide and conquer. And it's just very clear that if you wanted to do it constitutionally, what they needed to do was allow the South to leave. And then just declare a war and go down there and supposedly free the slaves. But there was absolutely no interest in that. There was just literally no interest in that. And since they couldn't get the votes for the constitutional amendment, there's just nothing else you can do. So what I want to do now is talk a little about Reconstruction. Give you the timeline so you can have it kind of in your head so you can understand how crazy it was, the stuff that went on. Imagine living through this in a matter of a few years. And Spooner was, of course, in his 60s. And in early 70s when all this happened. And so he was an extremely adept observer and very keen legal mind. And just the insanity that's going on while they pretend to be under the Constitution had to have just blown his mind. You know, you see these silly things they do with Biden and these sort of bullshit things and Trump and the fake national emergency. Well, who was the first person to declare a national emergency as a president? It was Lincoln. There's no authority to declare an emergency. He did all sorts of stuff. And anyone who's interested should read D. Lorenzo's books on Lincoln, like The Real Lincoln. He's written a bunch of them. And his stuff is great. And it's packed with stuff. Anybody who reads it will now see what a scam it is. But I want to come at it from a slightly different direction. So, see, in 1860, when Lincoln got elected, very few people know that this was just kind of a Perot, early 90s, late entry to blow up the election early predecessor, that was much, much worse. They put Perot in there to split the vote with Bush, and then Clinton got in with like 43% or something. And they had a late entry into the Lincoln-Douglas sort of election, and there were actually four guys total, but one of them really wasn't a participant that would have mattered. It was the late entry that allowed Lincoln to win, and he won with less than 40% of the popular vote one with less than 40%. And of course, Douglas would have won, but for this late arrival. So this is the same kind of scam they've been using forever. They wanted this war. They wanted to make sure that the South was going to be brought under heel and they wanted to consolidate power at the federal level. That's just the reality. Same kind of stuff you see going on now where they arranged that war, World War One, the fake Lusitania and the sneak attack in Pearl Harbor that they all knew was coming, and then they faked the Gulf of Tonkin event, and then we get weapons of mass destruction and the mother of all wars, and then we get the September 11th phony crap, and it's just always the same. 
See, so in fact, they fought the entire war, the Civil War, with the most absurd thing to me, which is that they brought in conscription. <laughs> right about the time they made it about so-called slavery, they brought in conscription. So the government basically turned the citizens into slaves in order to supposedly go fight slavery. <laughs> I don't know how you can get any more ironic than that, that a war, a completely illegal war to supposedly hold the country together was fought with conscripts. Um, I don't get it. That's just the fact that an irony that outrageous can still be missed is hilarious to me. But the fact is that the Norse position the entire time was that it was this legal nullity and they didn't have any effect when they voted to secede. And they point to this Texas v. White case that occurred after the war, and it came out in the spring of 1870. And that's what it declared, that the votes to secede were illegal and had no effect, and they were a legal nullity, and therefore it was a rebellion, and that's what they were fighting and holding the Constitution together. And I gave you some of that nonsense in the last episode. But there's absolutely uh, no legitimacy to that argument. None. They had definitely seceded, and the idea that it was no effect is just was completely proved in a million different ways. And there's another fantastic way, which I didn't do a chat GPT on because it's so obvious. And that is that one of the requirements for the so-called readmission of these states that were states already, it made no sense. One of them was that they had to vote yes on the 13th, 14th and 15th amendment. <laughs> How can something that's not a state that hasn't been readmitted yet have any possible authority or right to vote on an amendment. It absolutely makes no sense. There's no possible way that you can have a state that has to vote and gets to vote on an amendment, then still not actually be part of the union. See, there's no way that makes sense. You can't say as a conditional matter, you get to vote on this amendment. That doesn't make any sense. It's true that they could have had a vote on the amendment, passed it, it could be there, and in order to rejoin, you'd had to have agreed to those. That's fine. That's a totally different scenario. That's not what happened. They insisted that the southern states be included and counted, which is yet another way that proves that in the Norse mind, they'd never left. But at the same time, they were requiring readmission, which is just another way to prove that nothing about the way the North behaved and the way the courts behave can ever possibly be justified under the Constitution because it's totally impossible that a state can have the authority to vote on a amendment and at the same time be reduced out from all of its other kinds of rights. It doesn't make any sense. Very few people are aware that the governments in the South that voted for those amendments also had been replaced so the duly elected Republican form of government, which the Constitution requires that the federal government assure the states have, had in fact been destroyed by the federal governments by replacing the duly elected state officials, along with governors in many of the states, with union soldiers and agents. And those were the people who then turned and voted for some of these amendments that then was claimed to have been a properly ratified document. It's difficult to imagine a situation more outrageous and insane than that. Imagine if that was going on right now, something that absurd, where the state house representatives you elected, they were all pulled out and they put soldiers in. Your governor was pulled out. And then they took the vote of those people and said that your state has now approved the amendment. <laughs> Another thing people don't know is that when 
the Southern delegation from Congress and Senates went up there to try to take their seats after the war, the Congress simply refused to seat them because the rules in Congress allow them not to seat somebody with a very simple vote. I think they only need a majority vote. And then you don't seat them. So you send guys up there, they won't get seated. So you have no representation whatsoever in Congress, in the federal Congress. Think about that. And yet they're acting like you're still in the uh, union. But at the same time, they're also demanding that you reapply. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Why would they vote to not allow to seat them if I just show up there and say, I want to represent the territory of Quashville in the Congress? They just laugh at me and they get the guards to usher me out. They don't have to vote to not seat me. I don't have any right to be seated. So again, all these contradictions show you that the legal mess and the reason people don't understand it is because of that reason I've told people again and again. They want to be the party on the side of the Constitution, holding it together and upholding the Constitution, the fantastic union, the perfection, all this fantastic wording. And then they just turn around and 100% totally ignore everything in the Constitution and all their requirements and obligations. They just completely ignore them. I mean, it's just truly mind-bending when you start looking at this list. Imagine living through this kind of insanity. And so you've got President Andrew Johnson in there. He's not that big on Reconstruction. It was very, very controversial for all the kinds of reasons I'm telling you now. That you can't have it all these different contradictory ways. It doesn't make any sense. And most people forget why he even got impeached, if they ever even knew. But the reality was when the Congress was passing all this Reconstruction crap, 1867 or so, 1868, they started passing this crap. He's not all that big a fan of it. He doesn't really want to enforce it very strongly. And the person who would be in charge of enforcing it would be his secretary of war. And so he had a secretary of war, this guy named Stanton, who was a holdover from the Lincoln administration. Well, Johnson was a Democrat. He wasn't a Republican like Lincoln. And the only reason Lincoln even had a Democrat on the ticket was because he was trying to sell this idea of unification. So he picked up the guy he'd nominated and had running Tennessee as a military head to, to run as his vice president. I mean, it's just the most insane, ridiculous thing. You think this shit with Trump is bad. This stuff is way, way crazier. And so there he is, Johnson's president. He doesn't want this war hawk kind of guy. So he wants his own guy in there. So he's going to replace the Lincoln Secretary of War with his own guy. Well, Congress finds out, not going to agree to it. The guy barricades himself in his office and won't leave. <laughs> Think about this. So as a result, Congress runs and, and passes this absurd tenure act where you have to have some kind of retention and you have to go to Congress in order to be able to fire the people in your own cabinet as president. Well, this is absurd. Again, another outrageously unconstitutional law they jammed through because they had such an overwhelming majority. Why? Because they refused to seat the Southern uh, representatives. And so they pushed this thing through. And of course, it's later determined to be unconstitutional. But that's the law they used to impeach Johnson for supposedly failing to uphold the law. By passing an unconstitutional law, then they impeached him. He only skipped by being convicted by one vote. This is how crazy it was during this time. This is how totally out of control the Republican Party was. And this is the party that today wants to take credit for all of this insanity. This is how crazy it all is. In 1868, when Johnson got impeached, he proposed a 
court packing scheme, basically, of taking the seven justices there were and increasing it to 10. Figured he could get three more on there because they already had some Dems on there. And he figures at that point he can get some more leverage, right? And then all oh, there's all this outrage about court packing, how outrageous this is and everything else. And they go crazy and they can't believe it. Well, guess what? He leaves office in March of 1869. About a month later, they passed their own Justice Reform Act and increased the number of justices from seven to nine. <laughs> this is the level of utter hypocrisy. This is the level of scammery that's going on inside the government. See, this is it. And this is the part people don't get. They imagine that it all started with Obama or Clinton or some made up shit. The stuff that used to happen was so insane. It was so crazy. This period of time, there's so many unconstitutional, insane things going on at every level. Forget all the insanity going on at the states. Look at what's going on here. Just look at this. And this is the same kind of absolute insanity that was used to justify murdering hundreds of thousands of people of their own citizens and burning their property and destroying everything while they ran around waving the flag and claiming to be fighting in the name of God for the Constitution, to hold it together, keep the union together. This is the insanity. They blow a gasket at his idea and call it court packing. And then as soon as he leaves, they pass their own word. They're going to increase it to nine justices. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? I mean, just think how stupid that is, right? So what ends up happening is that the very first legal tender case is working its way through the courts in 1869, all right? So they know it's there. They've passed this ridiculous uh, Justice Reform Act and jacked it up and massively increased the pay. These guys were paid like gods back then. I think it was $5,000 a year for the uh, justices at that point. That is huge, huge money. I think now they make like 200 grand or something, 250. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing compared to 5,000 back then. But the Hepburn case, which is the very first legal tender case, which struck down, struck down the legal tender laws, is working its way through the system at that point. And come February in 1870, the court announces its decision and of course, just like they leaked the abortion decision, everybody knows what's coming that's on in Washington. So they know this thing's going to lose. They don't have the votes. They're going to lose four to three. The legal tender laws are going to be struck down. Okay, they're going to find them unconstitutional. The Congress doesn't have the authority to do it. The day that first opinion comes down, Grant puts in his two nominees to the court, the Supreme Court, the same exact day. <laughs> and... Basically, two months later, Congress approves them. They go get on the court. And guess what? Guess what? During that time, one year later, they take the exact same case for all intents and purposes, and they flip it from a four to three with seven justices to five to four on the legal tender. And then the legal tender is somehow magically uh, approved. That's how that actually happened. That's the insanity that went on. This is the corruption that was going on. And of course, Congress approved those two nominees to the Supreme Court on April 10th. And on April 12th, Texas v. White came out. And Texas v. White is the one that I did the show on last time and shows you this is the one they always point to that shows that there was never a secession and it was illegal nullity and all this crap. That was the Supreme Court case. And the Chief Justice 
in that decision was Samuel P. Chase. Yes, the same guy that's on, I think, the $100,000 bill. And that was the former Secretary of Treasury for Lincoln. <laughs> think of the conflict of interest this is. This is insanity. The man who was Secretary of Treasury, when these legal tender laws were jammed through in order to screw everybody, sits as the Supreme Court Justice, and he writes the decision that says that there never was secession, and you couldn't have secession, and therefore all of this absurd reconstruction can go forward. <laughs> Just think how there's literally no integrity there. This is the kind of thing that Spooner was seeing. This is the kind of insanity. And additionally, in 1870, in July, right after they shoved through the newly packed court, in July of 1870, what else do you think happened? The Department of Justice was created. <laughs> this is the kind of situation hopefully you can see in the timeline I've laid out of just how, I mean, it's insane. See, it's insane. If I told you any one of these things, the Twitterverse would be blowing up. But look at all of them. Look at all of them together. The way Lincoln got in originally. Just think about that. And I haven't even told you about how they divided Virginia completely and totally illegally during the war and created West Virginia out of it. <laughs> it's just, just so they could have two more senators and they could have another state. And that was complete, total bullshit as well. And so you've got Lincoln winning less than 40% with the scammy sort of third person being stuck in there to screw Douglas. You've got this war they're fighting to supposedly end slavery where they're fighting the war with conscripts. So they're forcing people in to slavery with the government. They're having all this nonsense about how you're not a state, you have to reapply and readmit. At the same time, you have to vote for these amendments. Well, you can't vote for an amendment if you're not a state. Again, none of this makes any sense. You've got all these governors and state houses replaced with soldiers and appointments from the Union Army voting for these amendments and running the governments. Even though the federal government is required to assure a Republican form of government, they pulled those people out. You've got Congress not seating the Southern delegation in mass. And then just running on and passing anything it wants, passing these reconstruction bills, impeaching uh, a president for violating an unconstitutional law they passed because he was going to fire one of his cabinet secretaries. This is the kind of insanity that was running on. While he's impeached, he proposes a court packing scheme, which they call a court packing scheme. Well, it's just a way to do the same exact thing they did one year later after he was gone. And when they could get their own justices in there, <laughs> you get the legal tender case that's clear as day and upends it and says it's all unconstitutional. Can't do it. And then you have Congress approving the new justices and the Knox case beginning to work its way through, which one year later, one year later, they take the exact same issue and flip one year later from four to three to five to four, 100 percent the result of that court packing. And then you have Texas v. White as a result of Samuel P. Chase writing this utterly ridiculous opinion that I just showed you in the last chat, GPT I did, that it was absolute and complete nonsense. It completely and totally has illogical, has no support whatsoever with the undisputed facts. And of course, there were dissents in there that said as much. But what happens? It doesn't matter because this is the way the system's set up. This is the way the system's set up. 
They, and this is the problem that we have, is that the people aren't told the truth about the system. They're told fantasies and lies, and the constitutional conservatives claim to be the party of Lincoln and promote just this endless series of lies and act like this whole thing was this complex, nuanced thing with a lot of, you got to be a Civil War expert to understand. And now you understand more than 99.999% of the people out there about what actually went on. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. And now you understand more than 99.999% of the people out there about what actually went on. And now you also know why, to the extent you remember anything about Reconstruction, the period after it, why it was so confusing and made no sense, now you understand why. Because it doesn't make any sense because it's one gigantic contradictory ball of shit that they have to continue to promote in order to pretend that they were acting under the Constitution in order to hide the fact that whatever the Constitution was, was completely and totally blown up by the Civil War. Absolutely no possible way that any part of a voluntary union or constitution, rule of law, and all this is completely and totally out the window. When you go to war illegally with people in your own country and you kill hundreds of thousands of them under the guise that are completely frivolous legal arguments that have absolutely no basis, and after which you put them through the ringer and reconstruction, which has absolutely no legal basis because it was based on this weird concept that they could somehow put these through these ringers to jump through these hoops and the hoops make no sense because you can't have states that aren't states voting on amendments (laughs) in order to pass them and they did they counted the votes of these states and so again you have just a series of things that are so blatant so insane that any one of them proves that the Constitution is complete junk and has been trampled on. But all of them together, and I haven't even gone through all of them, it's such a clear-cut case. This is why I don't bother getting into the holy founding and the documents and the, the phony baloney crap that went on at the Constitutional Conventions and all the different miscellaneous shit they pulled with the ratification votes back then. None of it's necessary because the Civil War period and Reconstruction is so obvious and so out in the open and so utterly undeniable that there's no reason to go back any further because this thing was already 150 years ago. Why do I need to go back 250 years ago? I don't. But imagine living through all of this as Spooner did. Imagine. He saw all of this and then, you know, about nine years later after in like late 1870s, that's when he wrote that letter to Grover Cleveland. Imagine listening to that Grover Cleveland speech about the country and the constitutional shit 
after living through this. He knows these people have no respect for any of it. They're just 100% liars. And the people today who imagine that it's just started and Biden did it, Obama did it, or some other crap, they're just living a fantasy land. And they live in that fantasy land because 24 hours a day, they are bombarded by absolute laughable propaganda from constitutional conservatives. And you can see what a constitutional conservative is and what a complete joke those positions are when you see those chat GPTs I do. You can see how silly they sound, how they just repeat all this stuff that makes no sense together, just like all this crap here about defending the Constitution while doing all these things that make no sense with it, taking these contradictory positions and acting like you're the brilliant, consistent one and the liberal who doesn't know. <laughs> this is why I have such contempt for those constitutional conservatives in media, because they're the worst kind of enemy. They're the people we need are people who want freedom and limited government. And they want the so-called ideals of the Constitution, and they've just been dragged into a ditch, basically just shot in the back of the head with this absurdity over and over again. And most of them will not hear it. They will not listen to you. Just go on any kind of social media, and you'll see the MAGA accounts and the other people. They run around so self-righteous, imagining they know what's going on because their heads are filled with this unbelievable amount of nonsense from constitutional conservatives who convince them that they're brilliant, and that liberals are stupid, and that they know what's happening because they know it's in the Federalist Papers. They just don't know how ridiculous they sound. So I try to get people and bring them out of that fog. And I hope now you see, at least when it comes to the Civil War, Reconstruction, and all this crap I just went through, why it is I always say you can't possibly hold a voluntary union together with the Civil War. It's a total impossibility. You see why I just use that as a shorthand? Because it's that clear. It's so outrageous and insane. And now, next time you see some reference to Lincoln, you'll know what a complete fraud that was. Next time you see anything about Reconstruction, the Union, and fighting to hold the Union together, and they couldn't secede, and Texas versus White said this, you'll know what load of shit it all is. A complete and utter load of shit. And I encourage anybody to go look it up themselves. Go check whatever it is I said. Go check. You'll see. You'll see it's all true. you see it's all true. And so now we're kind of teed up for me to discuss what's in those legal tender cases and just show you how outrageous the flip was because now you see the kind of position they were in for doing it. And that court packing scheme was just obvious as hell. And I'll tell you about my quick chat GPT with them when I talk about those legal tender cases and set that table. So, so that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to set that up. And, you know, we've been taking this sort of side route for a while on the Spooner essay. And I think it's helpful. I hope people enjoy it. It's a little different than straight legal, but it's important because a lot of times you have to have the facts and the background in order to really understand what's going on. That's what I'm trying to give people. So, so there you go. If you want to, you can follow me. I'm legal man at us crime review on Twitter. I want to thank people in Patreon who have the integrity to actually support my show and kick some skin in the game. Thank you, guys. I really do appreciate it. You know I do. And I know you get a lot of extra shows and stuff, but I know why you do it. And it means a lot to me. So thank you. No real update on the movie Jones Plantation. I play Mr. Jones, the kind of drunk plantation owner who's a real dick. And it's a story by Larkin Rose. Takes place in Antebellum South. We're worried our slaves are going to revolt. And it's a fantastic allegory that basically exposes the kind of fraud that we live in in this world with the voting and the Constitution and the money system. And when it comes out, and I think we're going to start screening it in May, from what I can tell, 
when it comes out, I hope people watch it and hope they make it make a lot of money. Because if it makes a lot of money, then we'll make more movies. And movies are a great way to reach people. So, And it was a lot of fun making it. I hope people like the way I played Mr. Jones. I can't wait to see what people think of it. And see what kind of funny memes people come up with. Because there's a lot of funny stuff in it. So, so I think that's pretty much it. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's get your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. Forget to check your shirt on the way out. More quash. More quash.